Hey everybody, welcome to LOA Podcast. Today I'm going to be doing the podcast along and I just want to welcome you guys and I'm so thankful for those of you that are watching and listening and I'm blessed that you guys are being blessed by the content. The important thing that I want to talk about today is that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Uh, we're in the month of October and a lot of my friends have been dealing with fear. So I just felt an urgency just to declare what God says about fear. The Bible says that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's in 1 John. And I want to encourage you guys to know what the scripture says. The Bible says that the fearful uh, have their place in hell. And the reason the fearful have their place in hell is because the fear that people experience is reserved for judgment. People who are afraid of death, people who are afraid will never uh, experience the love that God has for them. And also people who are fearful or have a grip of fear over them, they're buying into what is trying to grip them as greater than the grip of the Holy Spirit or the grip that God has on their heart. It's very important. The Bible says um, in Luke 2, 9 through 10, it says in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Every time in Scripture when an angel came to a believer, the angel always told them to fear not. Angels are very intimidating according to Scripture. They're not like these little babies. They're not these uh, uh, very timid looking things. They are uh, scary looking. They're very large. They're, they're, they're warriors. And every time an angel revealed themselves to a person, he said, fear not, for God has a message. You know that every time Jesus came to the disciples after he was resurrected, he showed up in the midst. Jesus said, fear not. The reason he said fear not is because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Where there's perfect love, there is no fear. And the reason we have this perfect love is because what God has done for us through Jesus on the cross. To where the judgment that we have reserved for us outside of Christ has been paid in full in Christ. I want to encourage you guys that Joshua, he was a man that was brought up his whole life as a slave. And then after God uses Moses and calls them out of Egypt, he literally becomes Moses' right hand. And Joshua literally, after Moses died, Joshua became the leader that was supposed to fulfill the task that Moses didn't get to fulfill and bring the children of Israel into the promised land. I want to encourage you guys in this. Joshua was terrified and that's why God came to him and said be strong and be very courageous as I was with Moses I'll be with you now see Joshua the difference between Moses and Joshua Joshua was brought up a slave Moses was brought up a prince but the two things that they had in common is that Moses didn't think he could do what God asked them to do which was bring the children of Israel out of Egypt and Joshua didn't think he could do what God wanted them to do. The common denominator in both of them is that they were scared and inadequate to do 
the, the call that God called them to do in their eyes. But the common denominator in both of them is that God was saying, listen, I'm your victory. I'm the one that's going to do it. You're just going to do what I say, and I'm going to do the rest. And I want to encourage you guys that God is here to give us peace. Matthew 28, 1 through 6, it says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Angels are kind of scary. But the angel, what's the first thing the angel said to the women? Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Isn't it interesting that the earthquake happens because the angel came down like lightning from heaven and he was bright, he was bold, he was able to roll a stone away that actually took about 14 guards to roll to it. This one angel. And I encourage you guys in what the scripture says is that God is for you. Who can be successful against you? Who can be successful against you? Fear is nothing but something that's projecting itself as greater than the promises of God. Just like most emergencies. Most emergencies are low priorities in disguise. And I want to encourage you that fear is nothing more than a, 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 a depowered. Fear has no hold over us because we've been judged in Christ Jesus. And I'm talking to the believer specifically. If you're a believer and you're having fear and you can't get over fear, you need to get into the word and find out what the word says about it. Jesus, it's interesting that when Jesus was tempted by the devil three times, Jesus used scripture to rebuke the devil. Jesus didn't say, I'm a good person. Jesus didn't say, hey, I'm the son of God. You, you better leave me alone. No, Jesus quoted scripture and the devil cannot stand against faith in the scripture. But you have to have faith in the scripture. You have to believe that what God has said. Now, the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by him. Now, if we believe that Jesus said that, then we need to know that fear has no place in a believer's life. Because fear is reserved for those who are going to be tormented, that have not responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ, have not responded to the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit who's convicting the world of sin and righteousness. I want to encourage you and share with you that we who know Jesus know love. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. How does perfect love cast out all fear? Because God in his perfect love ex exhausted his wrath on Jesus Christ. He judged Jesus as if he was judging you or I. He did that so we could have peace who were far off. So we could boldly go to him and cry out, Abba, Father. I want to encourage you that those of us who believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, fear cannot have a hold of us. Now what happens is that fear comes in and it grips us and it holds us 
because we're forgetting that we were saved and free from sin. I want you to know this. The Bible says that we are saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. And what it means by that, instantly, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are free from the penalty of death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what that means is, is that Jesus Christ, for the believer, he has taken on all God's wrath and all God's judgment. What we should be terrified for, God's judgment, we don't have any fear because he judged Christ Jesus. And I encourage you in that. That just as Jesus was judged in God, now we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Fear has been dethroned in a believer's life. Now what happens when we get saved, we're instantly justified from the penalty of sin, which is spiritual death. Now there's a thing that happens, and it's called sanctification. And what happens is just as God wooed you over through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to where you started feeling a call to live a different life, to be different. And then the word was spoken by somebody. The Holy Spirit anointed the word that was spoken, the gospel. And then the Bible says that the light of God shone in your heart or shined bright in your heart. And then you were free from sin, but you were wooed over by the goodness of God. Now the difference from uh, justification, immediate justification and sanctification is just that it took a process for God to woo you over. It's a process for God to, to free you up from the grip of sin. We're free from the penalty of sin, but the process of sanctification is being freed from the grip of sin in our life. You might say, well, I've been trying to not do this for years. You know, the same sin, the same thing. I, I know God doesn't want me to do this, but I do it anyway. Paul talked about that in Romans. He said, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, that I do. And he said, oh, what a wretched man that I am. But he said, if you keep on reading, he talked about this great thing that Jesus stepped in and he came alongside and he pulled us into his righteousness. He pulled us into his righteousness through his death, burial, and resurrection. And the sanctification that happens, and it happens only when you realize that you cannot do it on your own. See, just as we could not get saved, but by faith alone in Jesus Christ, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, rejuvenating our spirit, making it alive, calling us out of sin. The same thing for sanctification. Paul said uh, three times he went to Jesus about something. And Jesus told him, he said, My grace, my grace is made perfect in your weakness. And what I want to say is, is that if there's nothing we could do in our salvation process, the only thing that we can do in our sanctification process is realize that we cannot do it on our own. And when we realize we cannot do it on our own, that we're just as we were hopeless in our sin before Christ, we are hopeless to get disentangled from the grip of sin outside the work of Christ through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When we realize that we 
cannot do it on our own. That's when God's grace comes in so you can do something that you can walk in something that only Christ can walk with you in. We can't do it on our own. If we could, then we can boast. And what happens to people who boast? The Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The people who are humbled are those coming in saying, I can't do it on my own. And that's when God's grace comes in and they walk in a grace, the grace of God. They get the results as if they were doing something, but it's the grace of God at work in them and active in our life, active in their life. The Bible literally has so much examples of this and the the grace of God the sanctification the Bible says Jesus is this Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith see the sad thing is is that a lot of believers get to the point where they become so prideful of things that they're not doing anymore and let me tell you this pride comes before fall And there's several people, and you might be watching right now or listening right now, and you might have said before, I'm never going to do this sin again. I'm never going to do this again. And let me tell you something. You're in good company because Peter told Jesus, I'm never going to betray you. And Peter betrayed Jesus. He denied Jesus three times. So don't focus on your strength and your ability. Focus on the grace of God. Focus on the fact that you literally cannot do it on your own, but you can walk in the victory and experience the benefit of freedom from sin by yielding to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the sanctification. And God, who saved you, is actively at work in you. But the only way you can do it is realize, just as there's nothing you can do to get saved, There is nothing you can do on your own strength or own power to walk in the victory that God has for you. You must walk in grace. And the only way to walk in God's grace is to humble yourself and realize what you cannot do. That's how all glory goes to God. What I said before is that people, when they promise and make these declarations of what they're never going to do, they fall into it because pride comes before fall. What you're doing is you're stepping out of God's grace and going back into your works or your ability. And God hates our works. He hates our ability. That's why he sent Jesus. The only way for us to walk in the victory that God has for us is to walk in the grace of God that he's given to us only when we humble ourselves and say, I can't do it. That's why the Bible is actively, the Word of God is actively at work in those who believe. When we believe the Word of God that He judged Christ for our sin, the grip of fear loses its strength. Just like when you wake up in the morning and you try to to squeeze something, you have no strength. When you realize that you have no strength on yourself and your own ability, that's when the Holy Spirit comes in and picks up our weaknesses and brings us to God's level, His grace, His effectiveness, His victory. The victory that we have is not our own. The victory that we rest in is in Christ alone. And when we rest in that victory, the only way we can rest in God's victory that He has for us is when we realize we had nothing to do with the victory. 
And here's the other thing that happens. Those of us that either become arrogant that we're not sinning and we judge other Christians. And let me tell you, when you judge other Christians who are entangled in sin, you're literally picking up rocks and throwing them at your Savior. Because just as your Savior is at work in you, He's at work in them too. That's why it's so ugly and disgusting when believers judge other believers. We're not called to judge. We're called to remind people of what we have in Christ Jesus. The second thing that happens, you either become super prideful or you become condemned. But both things happen when you stop focusing on Jesus and you start focusing on your own works. Those who become condemned feel like I've tried so hard, I've done so much, and I'm not free. I guess I'm not really saved. No, you're saved, but stop not looking at Jesus and stop looking at yourself or start looking at yourself. You, you've literally turned your eyes from Jesus and you've gone inward. And you should feel condemned outside of Christ. All of us were condemned outside of Christ. What you have to do, focus on Jesus. I'm going to close with this. Peter, when he was in the boat with the disciples and Jesus told him to cross the sea, they were crossing the sea without Jesus. And all of a sudden there was this great storm and they were terrified. And all of a sudden they see a guy walking on the water. And the guy was Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say? The first thing he said, fear not, for it is I. And Peter said this, he said, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come and I'll come. So Jesus standing in the middle of the storm, they're feeling the effects of the storm while they still see Jesus. It's not like, oh, they saw Jesus and the storm stopped. They see Jesus, they're still in the storm. Some of you guys see Jesus, but you're still in the storm. You're like, Jesus, how come you didn't do anything? Well, what did Peter do? He said, if it's you, Lord, bid me to come. So what did Jesus do? He said, come, it's me. So Peter gets out of the boat, starts walking in the same grace that Jesus is walking in, walking on the water. He's not walking on his own ability. He's walking because the Savior said, come, it's me. He's doing something impossible because he has faith in Jesus. Now what happens while he's walking and living this impossible scenario out, walking on water, not just walking on flat water, walking on water in the storm. It had to be a cool sight, crazy sight. But then literally, the Bible says that he started looking at the wind and the waves. I don't know about you, but I've never seen wind. I've seen the effect of wind, but I've never seen wind. So literally, when he sees the wind and the waves, he takes his eyes off Jesus and he sinks. But immediately he cries out and Jesus grabs him and pulls him up. You know what Jesus said to him? He said, Peter, why do you have such little faith? What I'm saying to you guys right now, don't be like Peter and have little faith. Be a person that believes Jesus and takes him at his word. It comes down to a belief thing. Do you believe that Jesus Christ paid for your sins? And if he has, perfect love casts out all fear. I'm going to read this last Bible verse. 
says right here, 1 John 4.18. Or I'm going to read two Bible verses. 2 Timothy 1.4. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. If you're afraid and fear has gripped you, and fear is like a storm that Peter and the disciples were dealing with, focus on Jesus. Remember, you are perfected in Christ Jesus because Christ Jesus is at work in you. You are free from the penalty of sin, and you are becoming free from the grip of sin. Love you guys. I hope you have a great, great rest of your month. God's good. Remember, love one another.